G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Pastor Greg Laurie has good reassurance that God's forgiveness is complete forgiveness. God has taken His delete key, if you will, to your sin, and He's removed it as far as the east is from the west. So quit dragging it up again. Oh, I did this many years ago. Hey, He says He'll forgive your sin and forget your sin. I should not choose to remember what God has chosen to forget. Apply the blood. That's what it means. on the market use the phrase for fast temporary relief paracetamol aspirin a bunch of others whose names i can't pronounce they give a little relief for a little while but when it comes to forgiveness of our sin we're more interested in immediate everlasting relief from our guilt and guile today on a new beginning as pastor greg laurie takes us to the story of the first passover we'll see that god provided a solution for sin that forever pays the price it had to be paid Exodus chapter 12, and also Matthew chapter 26. We're going to talk about the cross and the blood in the Passover celebration and also in communion. And the Passover is very important to both Jews and to Christians. And here are God's instructions for observing the Passover. Let's read them in Exodus chapter 12. I'll read verses one to five. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. While the Israelites are still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household, if a family's too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in their neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or goat, with no defects. We'll stop there. So here's some takeaway points from the Passover that apply to you. And if you're taking notes, here's point number one. The Passover was to be a new beginning. The Passover was to be a new beginning. Verse two, from now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. So God starts by making this a new beginning for the nation Israel, right in the middle of the year. God gives to the people a new beginning. And in the same way, it doesn't matter if it's June, October, or March, or whenever, you ask Christ to come into your life and ask for His forgiveness you can have a fresh start as well. Number two, the lamb that they were to offer was to be the very best. It was to be carefully chosen. 
and examine. The very best. We should bring our very best to God, not our leftovers. Number three, the lamb had to be slain. It wasn't the life of the lamb that saved the people from judgment. It was the death of it. In Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You can't have the benefits without the sacrifice. Point number four, this is a big one. Don't miss this one. The blood had to be applied. The blood had to be applied. Having an unblemished lamb was not enough. Even slaying the lamb was not enough. You had to apply the blood of the slain lamb to your doorpost. Look at Exodus 12, verse 13. The blood on the doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you're staying. Underline this. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. Just underline that. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Imagine for a moment, if you can, a doorway right here. Now imagine that you've just slain the lamb and you've taken the blood of the lamb on a hyssop or a little bush and, and you're taking the blood now because you know the judgment of God is coming on the firstborn of Egypt. And you don't want that judgment to come on your firstborn. And God's told you what to do. Slay the lamb and apply the blood. So now you got the blood on your little hyssop bush and you put it on the left. Now you put it on the right. Now you put it up on the top. And the Lord sees the blood and he passes over in his judgment. What does this remind you of? Blood on the right, blood on the left, blood on the top. It's a cross. The left and the right hand of Jesus pierced with the Roman spike. His head having the crown of thorns on it causing laceration. So you have to apply the blood. And he promises to cleanse me from all sin, not some sin, all sin. And we're told in First John, if I walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Listen, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. But if I say I, ha I have no sin, the truth is not in me. But if I will confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So you say effectively, Lord, you suffered on the cross for my sin. Now I confess it. I repent of it. And I accept your forgiveness made available to me through your shed blood. Now listen. Now you drop it. Drop it. Quit dragging it up again. Oh, I did this many years ago. Hey, he says he'll forgive your sin and forget your sin. I should not choose to remember what God has chosen to forget. Apply the blood. That's what it means. <laughs> Apply the blood. On my keyboard, I, I have a key. It says delete. And um, if I have some text in the document and I want to get rid of it, I highlight it and I hit the delete key and it all disappears. I don't know where it goes. God has taken his delete key, if you will, to your sin and he's removed it as far as the east is from the west. So apply the blood. Number five, they were ready to be moving at a moment's notice. So when they celebrated Passover, they had to be ready to move at a moment's notice. Look at Exodus 12, 11. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, carry your walking stick in your hand, eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. Let's update it. Um, have your running shoes on, have your suitcase packed, have your cell phone charged, 
have your passport ready and be ready to go out that door. He said, meaning what? Meaning live in a sense of expectancy of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Be ready to go. Are you ready to go? Lord, if you call me, I'm ready. And also, be ready for opportunities that will come in your path. Like here, here's a way to share the gospel. Those things pop up often unexpectedly. Be ready, be alert. Do these things. This is how we are to live. That's Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's sharing a message called The Passover, A New Beginning. Glad you're with us today on A New Beginning. We've got reassurance that God's forgiveness is complete. Let's continue. Now I want to shift gears to what we're going to look at here in Matthew 26 as we look at the final Passover uh, meal that Jesus celebrated with his disciples. It, it was a bittersweet night because Jesus was having a final meal with them he knew it, but they did not know it. And so now he is telling them what they need to be aware of as this great event is about to unfold before their eyes. He's already revealed to them that one of them is going to betray him, and it's Judas Iscariot who leaves the room. And by the way, the Bible says Satan entered him. That's the only time the Bible ever says Satan entered anyone. So if the devil ever had a son, it would be Judas. And so he leaves the room and now Jesus breaks bread with his disciples in this Passover dinner. Matthew 26, starting in verse 26. I'm reading from the New King James translation. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now imagine for a moment if you're one of the disciples, you don't really know what's happening. You've had other Passover meals with Jesus. In fact, you've had a lot of meals with him. And usually they're fun times, as a meal might be with family and friends, profound times, enjoyable times. This is different. You can see something that's on the mind of Jesus. Something is troubling him, but suddenly everything you're doing is taking on new meaning. Now as you're talking about the Passover lamb, it might be occurring to you, I'm looking at the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is pointing to him. You know, something I left out was when the Jewish people celebrated the Passover, they were to get rid of all of the leaven in their house, or the yeast. And in the Bible, leaven is often a symbol of sin or compromise. In fact, in the church of Corinth, there was a memorality going on and uh, this couple that were engaged uh, were not only allowed, but they were welcomed into the church. And Paul's saying, what are you guys doing? You need to get these people out of the church while they're living in sin. And then he goes on to say, don't you know that a little leaven, leaven's a lump or a little yeast uh, affects the dough? So deal with that. So there's that picture. My wife and I were traveling recently and uh, they gave us a little jar of pretzels, but the ones with peanut butter in them. You ever had those? These things are addictive to me. I don't know why. It's just a little bit of peanut butter and saltiness. And so I knew I shouldn't try them, but I had one. Oh, it was so good. So I went over, had another. Walk across the room, come back again. I'm having a third. 
Now I'm having a fourth. Now I'm into my fifth and I thought, I'm gonna eat this whole thing. So I couldn't resist it. I was too weak. So I walked over and I hated to do this. I walked over to the toilet and I flushed the rest down the toilet. <laughs> Gone. Temptation eliminated. Kathy, my wife, comes walking into the kitchen. She sees the empty jar. You ate all of those pretzels? I said, no, I flushed them down the toilet. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think she's believing it. No, I did, really. Well, I did. And sometimes in your life, there might be something that is such a temptation, the best way to deal with it is, if possible, literally get it out. You say, well, be specific. Let's say you have a problem with drinking and you keep bottles of booze in your house. Get rid of them. Well, what, what do I do? Pour them out. Let's say you have drugs in your house. Get rid of it. Could I sell it? No, you don't, don't sell it. <laughs> You'll be arrested. You shouldn't have it and you definitely shouldn't sell it. Get rid of it. Isn't that bad stewardship? No, that's smart thinking. <laughs> Get rid of these things if you have to. Sometimes we have to take drastic measures in our life. So as we come to the communion table, I want you to be honest before God. And as we pray, just say, Lord, is there anything in my life that's like leaven, that's hurting me, that's dragging me down? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a thing I'm so excited about doing as soon as I get out of church, it's actually not a good thing at all. Maybe it's something else. Lord, would you show that to me right now? I said earlier that you can have a new beginning, a fresh start. Remember, Passover was to be a new beginning for Israel. Today can be a new beginning for you. No matter what sin you've committed, no matter how egregious or horrible it is, you can have it forgiven by God and it can be under the blood. But only you can confess your sin. I can't do it for you. Somebody else can't do it for you. But listen, again, the Bible says, if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And it can be in your rear view mirror and a part of your past, not a part of your present and certainly not a part of your future. He can make all things new. Do you need that? Would you like to hit the reset button in your life? It can happen if you'll call out to him. And we're gonna pray in a moment. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your savior, not just a savior, not even the savior, your savior, your Lord, your friend, your God. He's just a prayer away. So if you need Jesus in your life, respond to this invitation as we close in prayer. And if some of you need to maybe make a recommitment to the Lord, you can do it now as well. Let's all bow our heads and everybody praying. Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Lord Jesus, you came as the very Lamb of God and you took away the sin of the world and you died there in our place. And now you're here with us in this room, risen, alive, ready to change lives. And I pray for any person here or listening, wherever they may be. If they don't have a relationship with you, let it start right here, right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those wanting to make a change in their relationship with God today. And Pastor Greg just wrapped up his message by talking about eternity. How can you know if you're going to heaven? How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God, thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you just prayed with Pastor Greg, we'd love to help you as you begin your walk with the Lord. We'd love to send you something that we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge if you've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-50-11. Well, what do we do when we don't know what to do? Next time, Pastor Greg brings a message called Between Impossible and More Impossible. Some great reassurance is coming for you next time. That's on Monday, right here on A New Beginning. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.